Can you love God and love sex? Can you be a follower of the Most High and embrace and live out your sexual needs and desires? Well, touching on some of the nuances when it comes to mixing religion and sex, I am joined by Pastor Kimberly Bulgin. Pastor Kim is the creator of the Love God, Love Sex Experience, where women are empowered to overcome sexual shame without losing their faith. In this episode, we touch on why sex is so taboo in church settings, the purity culture, masturbation, sexual education, and more. We are winding down for this season, and I couldn't neglect discussing the beauty of faith and sexuality. As always, stay locked in. This Around the Way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. All right, listeners, so we're here with a new episode continuing the theme of sexuality on She Discovered podcast. I'm also excited about this episode and this guest that I have. The topic is love God, love sex. So here I have Pastor Kimberly Bulgin, the sex positive pastor, creator of Love God, Love Sex movement. You're a female pastor who is talking about sex. Let us unpack that because you call yourself the sex positive pastor. And I guess within the religious community growing up, you have two things that are taboo against you, right? You're a pastor who's a female and you're openly talking about sexuality. So tell me a little bit of how you decided to create this movement and, and let's unpack your journey as a female pastor who doesn't only talk about sexuality, but that is a part of your movement. Yeah. Again, thanks for so much for having me. Excited mm-hmm. to be here. Sex positive pastor, I think, was just birthed out of a place of frustration, not only as a, a pastor that's a woman, but a single woman as well, not having enough spaces or a space that I needed as a woman of God to really tackle the issues surrounding sexuality and being single and being a woman of God and how to integrate your spirituality and your sexuality in healthy ways without feeling like you're sinning against God or compromising your faith or your values. Um, It really started from a place where I just needed a space to work through my issues and work through my frustrations. You know, what does it really mean to follow God and to be horny? What does it mean to follow God and to have, you know, these desires that I'm not necessarily able to quite fulfill yet? What does my dating life look like as a woman of God who has real desires and a a real desire for intimacy? Mm -hmm. So that's where it started. And it kind of just blossomed into a space, not only for single women, but for women in general, because as I, the more I did it, the more I realized is that it's not just single women that struggle with sex. Right. You have married women, uh, widows, divorcees, women of all backgrounds and with all types of histories and experiences that have struggled with their sexuality because of toxic beliefs. Yes. Um, coming through the church, um, how they were raised, what the culture is saying. And so it just kind of bloomed into this 
safe space for women of God who need to work out their sex ethic, who need to figure out what it means to be a woman of God that's going to explore her sexuality and embrace her sexuality. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to, you know, house this safe space for women of all faiths and all denominations and all backgrounds. And yes, it has been difficult. I was about to ask you that. Yeah. There has been a lot of uh, pushback over the years, but, you know, hearing how it's been helpful for women um, is definitely worth it all. And I want to talk about that. And I'm so grateful to you for the work that you do, because even when you said single, a woman of God, but horny, like, as you said the word horny, I could imagine people being like, what? <laughs> like, you oh, just yeah. said horny, you know what I mean? Like, how... How could you, as, as a woman of God, express that? But I, you'll hear me say it in other episodes. And I'm like, God knows our thoughts. So why am I going? Like, there's a difference between being maybe a little bit too, what's the word, um, crude in our language. But to say that I have sexual desires or I'm horny, I tell people all the time, I pray to God and I'm like, Father, look, as a single woman, this is not easy. You know, I have um, urges. My hormones are going this week. So help me process through this. So with, with some of the pushback that you've gotten, what has it looked like? Because when I think about the reasons sex has been taboo in the church is number one, fear of if you talk about sex, then you're actually leading people into temptation. The second thing is it is sinful to discuss outside the confinements of marriage. The only time I saw sex discussed is if it's a marriage retreat. You can't talk about it with singles because, again, you may cause them to, to start to lust and have thoughts in their mind when they have it anyway. <laughs> also, I've I've witnessed not so much now, but growing up or even sometimes in other religious um, denominations or sectors, you will see that if sex is spoken about, both sexes cannot be in the same room. Because again, the element of temptation, the element of purity and holiness. Um, and last is I realize that sex being taboo in church also is the lack of proper education, like you said, due to the manipulation of scriptures. Because I've seen a lot of times how they use scriptures to say this is why we shouldn't be talking about sex outside the whole Adam and Eve be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> so what what did the pushback look like based on these things that I just mentioned? Yeah, you, you hit a lot. I think what I, I like to call it the, um, which is what I think my professor, she came up with, the unholy trinity. Um, mm. A lot of the, the pushback is rooted in one of these three things, which is either fear, guilt, or shame. Whether, like you said, they're afraid of, I don't know, something happening in, in, a, in a woman's body that's not supposed to happen because right. you're talking about it. Um, how dare you? There's also maybe a fear of not being respectable or considered respectable. Correct. Because there's still a taboo around having conversations about sex. Mm -hmm. in public spaces, especially as a woman uh, of faith, as a pastor, there's still that, you know, wait a minute, this is not, this is not appropriate, especially mm -hmm. single, um, not realizing that just because you're single doesn't mean that you can't talk about sex. Correct. Um, so just kind of breaking down that wall. There's usually maybe guilt that's associated as well. People have had pushback because it, I guess it triggers feelings of guilt and shame. Um, a lot of people, when it comes to their sexual desires, they associate it with sinfulness. 
they associate it with feeling dirty. And so if a pastor is bringing it up, you know, it might, it might bring up those feelings. To your point, there has been a lot of misinformation and misguided teachings that have informed a lot of resistance mm-hmm. to a healthier sex ethic that's not rooted in beliefs, like fearful beliefs, shame-filled beliefs. Um, around sex and sexuality for sure. So that's kind of where I think the root of all resistance comes from. It's either mm-hmm. they're afraid of something, afraid to explore, afraid to embrace, or they're feeling ashamed of their sexuality in general and don't want to pursue a more healthier sex ethic. Exactly. So how in your movement are you dismantling all of these things, right? Like how does it look like? The biggest way that we have been dismantling all of this is by giving women a voice. Mm-hmm. giving women a safe space to share about their struggles and just talk about it in a in a non-judgmental way and then just kind of giving them the realization that wait a minute I'm not the only one that yes. this. I'm not the only wife that wants to have more sex with her husband mm. which is not talked about in Christian circles <laughs> right <laughs> I'm not the only one that you know is feeling bad because my husband wants more than I do I'm not the only one that is struggling with how to be intimate with my boyfriend and how to, you know, what what does that look like? There's just a myriad of different layers of this conversation that happens in the community. And I think that's one of the first ways that we dismantle shame around sexuality is by just opening up the conversation in safe and healthy ways Mm -hmm. and giving women the opportunity to speak openly and candidly about it without them being looked down. And then the second way is through education, especially from a biblical Mm -hmm. uh, standpoint. And so the Bible studies that we've done in the past, the teachings that come from a biblical worldview, I think has really helped the women of God really dismantle toxic beliefs. Right. Understand that this isn't actually not what the word of God says. Right. This is more of a cultural teaching or a, a church preference, but it's not biblical and kind of just kind of, you know, dismantling that so that it gives them the freedom to figure out what it means to be a woman of God that embraces her sexuality without compromising her faith. I think those two things, community mm-hmm. and teachings, have really helped women find freedom to find their sexuality again. And I think that's so important because I think about the lack of sexual awareness for both the men and women, specifically prior to marriage, which causes issues in the marriage, right? Because if we're not talking about this in church and we're misinformed, or like you said, we're being guilted and shamed and scriptures being manipulated and used against us to not educate ourselves, I'm seeing a lot of young couples, especially women that did save themselves for marriage and have no experience in that way, that now they come to the bedroom still with that mentality of guilt and shame that even now they're married, they still feel like they're doing something dirty, right? They don't, their bodies don't know how to relax or in the sense of, I knew this um, woman that said it took her, it took her six months before her husband could actually penetrate her because again she she wasn't comfortable and I don't know if this is the scenario with her husband but I could think of another scenario where a woman had it maybe not for six months but was going through that same dilemma but the problem is the husband himself didn't know how to create a safe space for her to feel comfortable because for him it's like it's your wifely duty <laughs> you know for you to to have sex with me and you're making this complicated and not understanding the anatomy of her body. So I would assume that do you 
even talk to that extent with women in church? Yeah, we provide, um, you know, I'll bring in sex therapists, I'll bring in social workers, people that that pertain, that deal specifically with that type of, I almost, I call it sex, religious sexual trauma. Um, mm. A lot of women that are, are tight and uptight and anxious around sex, there's usually a religious uh, root to that. So yes, we do. I think with the conversations and the the conferences that we do, the community that is built, it helps women uh, work out what it means to be a, a woman of God that is able to have sex with her husband and what that looks like, how how to calm down, how to relax. We provide resources and books out there that give them, you know, the tools and strategies mm-hmm. to work out their frustrations around sex for sure. But yes, you're absolutely correct. There are there are quite a few women that have have attached their identity to their purity. Mm. So now when it comes time for them to not be pure anymore, quote unquote, there's a mental battle. There's a there's a there's a huge shift that has to happen and it takes time because for so long they associated their identity with not having sex. And now all of a sudden the switch is supposed to just turn on and it doesn't work that way. That's just not how the brain works. Right. So we, what we provide then is spaces for women of all backgrounds, regardless of your relationship status, to get comfortable in your body, get comfortable understanding how God made you, get comfortable understanding what sex is about, whether you have a man or not, so that if and when the time comes, um, get, you know, especially your sensuality. We spend a lot of time dealing with your senses and get comfortable with what feels good for you mm-hmm. so that when it, the time comes, at least you'll have an idea of, okay, well, that feels good. I remember what that feels like. Mm-hmm. I used to, you know, you know I, that, that feels familiar and kind of going through at least allowing yourself to experience sex from that standpoint as opposed to it being something that is completely foreign that you have no experience with. Thank you for coming this far into the episode. I wanted to share the exciting news of She Discovered Podcast expanding to YouTube. We will still be streaming audio episodes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. In addition, extra episodes will air via YouTube from time to time. So please be sure to follow and subscribe. Updates and teasers can be found on Instagram at She Discovered Podcast. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So how do we still practice purity? And how do we even um, define what purity is, right? Because a lot of people identify it as, well, I haven't had intercourse or penetration, but they're doing other things, right? <laughs> so I, I, I've i known women that have done oral sex. I've known women that have done dry humping, different types of stuff, but they feel like, well, I've still kept my purity because you know what? I didn't let him enter me. Mm-hmm. And um, I've even heard... Heard, I read not heard. I read an article where this woman from a Christian denomination she let the guy into her, but she said, "Don't move." <laughs> Literally, she said, "Don't gyrate, just stay there." And he's like, "So what's like, what's the point?" But she was like, "All right, you can still feel the sensation of being inside of me, but not moving." And for her, that equated, "I I still kept my virginity intact." I still kept my purity. So I think even in that, like, how do we identify purity one 
And two, how do we allow women to explore their sexuality and sensuality without going outside the confinement of their morals and principles? Yeah, I think the first thing is to divorce purity from sexuality. That's rooted in purity culture and has done a work on us to the point of that story that you just shared. Wow. I would, I would just start by saying purity, let's take sexuality out of the equation altogether. Purity is, is not even about perfection. Purity is about pursuit. It's, it's a one, it's a one track mind pursuit of God and all things that honor him, honor yourself and honor others. It's about pursuing. It's about making decisions that love God, that, that help you love God, love yourself and love others. The next step then is also to give people the freedom to be led by the spirit to design what their sex ethic is going to look like. How are they going to honor God in this, in, in their sexuality? How are they going to honor God? How are they going to honor themselves? How are they going to honor their spouse or their significant other in the decisions that they're making? Is it moving it? Is it moving them towards righteousness? Is it moving them towards justice? Is it moving them towards what's loving and what's peaceful for them? Or is it taking them away from their values? I try not to get into too many like do's and don'ts when it comes to what to do and what not to do, but try to give women the freedom in Christ to determine what is healthy for them in their relationships and allowing, really giving the spirit the the space that it needs to do what the spirit does. And that is to convict us on where we need to go when it comes to our sexual decisions. Now for me, exploring mm-hmm. my sexuality, embracing my sexuality has a lot to do probably with dancing, uh, things that I wear, conversations maybe at times, depending on who I'm with. Things of that nature is kind of how I uh, have chosen to kind of embrace my sexuality at this season of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it comes to dating, I try to minimize physical contact, but that, I mean, it it varies. I don't really get into a whole lot of like, don't touch me. Um, (laughs) It just all depends on what's happening. Uh, I definitely want to be married to, to have sex. And that's just like where I'm at personally. I don't enforce these my standards or my beliefs on other women. I just kind of give them the freedom to work out what it looks like for them. How are you going to honor God? How are you going to honor your body? How are you going to honor the person that you're with? Whatever Mm -hmm. decision you decide, if you're going dry hump, is this glorifying God? Is this is this something that you feel that you can do? If you go masturbate, is this something that you can, you know, you feel that you can do with an awareness of God's presence? And I think that's more what purity is about. It's not so much saying that these are the things that you can do and still honor God. I, I don't even like when people, you know, ask questions like, how close can I get? To can I get? That? Yeah, without breaking the heart of God. And I don't think that's the right question. I think it more so should be, what can I do to give God glory? Like, from a place of abundance, like what do, what do I get to do? How do I get to enjoy my body? How do I get to form intimate relationships in ways that honor God and allow the spirit to lead us at the baseline, you know, and get your senses involved. I think sensuality is a great starting point to understanding how our body works and understanding that we were designed for, to feel and to appreciate and to adore and to enjoy you know, our world around us and to enjoy others. Mm-hmm. And I think just starting at a baseline of like touch, taste, smell, all these things, and then kind of working your way up from there, enforcing your boundaries, I think is important. You have to know what your boundaries are, what your limits are. You know, there are some people that they can't hold hands with a dude before they yeah. have to take their, pa- their pants off. 
And then you have to kind of know that for yourself and work with your partner on that. But I'm not really the one that's going to say, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do that. I think the principle is, do you love God? Yeah. (laughs) Love you. Do you love the person that you're with? Make decisions from that foundation and, you know, lean into the grace of God, regardless of what you decide and you'll be okay. Yeah, I love everything that you said. Two things come to mind. Because I know people would say that, well, you don't know what you don't try or you don't experience, which is true. But there are ways, like you said, that you can begin the process of understanding your likes and dislikes, right? I believe we all carry a sexual personality. The same way we take personality tests or five languages, which one is mine? I believe there's a sexual preference or personality that we each have. You know what I mean? Like you said, as simple as some people feel like prior to marriage they don't want to hold hands not saying they don't like it but this is how they choose to do so some people say no kissing or whatever even though I get the there are certain things you are unaware of but again if you're coming from a place of sincerity and awareness when you now come with that partner who is aligned with you in that same purpose I believe that once you come into the marriage bedroom once you both have communication and once you both are willing to listen to to one another I believe exploration will start to release even more of those desires and things that you like and don't like and it's not a race to a finish line we're married let us enjoy ourselves oh I gotta get this down packed I gotta know how to do this to him uh he got he gotta know how to do this to me it's like understanding that the sexuality is a pleasure it is a joy so take time in that pleasure and joy right I've been reading this book uh, called The Great Sex Rescue. I don't know if you ever heard of that book. I haven't read it yet, but yeah, I heard about it. It's, you will love it. You will love it. Um, I could see you even recommended it um, to women that you work with because it's truly dismantling a lot of the harm that has been done, like you said, in the purity culture. But at the same time, it's elevating women of faith on how to find their voice as well. One of the things that they mentioned, which really stood out to me, is that they even talk about how, with going back to the, the misuse of scripture, they're talking about how even husbands misuse the scripture, do not withhold sex from one another unless it's for prayer or fasting and so forth. And then you will find where husbands will now demand sex from their wives As far as to justifying marital rape, you know what I mean, in the name of this scripture. And it saddened me because it wasn't too long ago that I saw a video going viral. I don't know if you saw that too. There was a pastor that was saying like, it's not rape when you take it from your wife. That's your wife. How can you rape your wife? There's no such thing as raping your wife. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Just because she's your wife. If she says no, no is no. Education is very vital, like you were saying in in your community. But to go back to um, the element of masturbation, and I love how you put it, right? Is this honoring God? Where is my mind in this moment? Is it coming from a place of void or emptiness or unknowing of what to do? But I wonder too, sometimes if there's like a line, like a thin line between that, because I watched a series on Netflix 
And in On Orthodox, you have a Jewish community. It's concentrated. You watched it? Yeah. So you have this one woman that um, is struggling to have sex with her husband, right? Because in the Jewish community, you got to procreate quick. They're waiting for them kids. You know what I mean? So now it's it's difficult for her to have sex. It's, it's painful for her. It's taking time for him to penetrate. So they bring over this woman. I guess they have their own type of... Mm-hmm. sexual education woman within the community mm-hmm. and she actually brings and it's not like sex toys like we know sex toys like vibrator dildo stuff like that but certain things to tell her okay start to stimulate yourself down there to kind of get used to the idea of being penetrated start to loosen yourself down there and maybe the way you're able to touch yourself, you could then guide your husband, right? Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I'm like, that doesn't look bad. Like in my eyes, I didn't see it as like, you know, she's just masturbating in a dildo and all these things. I'm just like, that seems educational. That seems purposeful. So in my mind, I'm like, if women are doing that to even understand themselves down there, because we hear from gynecology all the time. Have you taken a mirror to look at what your vagina looks like. Many women don't even know that because again, fear is dirty, fear. I'm wondering, and I'm saying all this now because even in my mind, I'm going back and forth with the idea. When you think of a woman coming from that sense or that sincerity, do we really see it as like a sinful thing? Yeah, I think you're onto something. I think what you're feeling now is like that cognitive dissonance (laughs) (laughs) that a lot of Christian women experience. And I think the next step is to just think about, you know, God is a God of love. God is a God of peace and joy. And he's also the the creator of our bodies. God is not rooted in ignorance. Mm Mm-hmm not rooted in confusion, you know, those are guiding principles for me. What is the most loving thing I can do as it relates to my sexuality in this season that I'm in? What is the most loving thing for a married woman that wants to have sex with her husband? What is the most loving, most healthy thing to do for her in this moment? If she's not able to have a healthy sexual relationship with her husband, what would be then the next step? Mm -hmm. Not the most sinful thing, but the most healthy, wise not lacking ignorance, you know? And then the same thing thing would apply to a woman that's not sexually active because your sexuality is something that you carry with you, whether you're married or not. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, it's not a switch on or off. And so when it comes to masturbation, some of the questions that I ask my ladies then is what can you experience by yourself for pleasure? The root of a lot of discomfort around masturbation is this idea of pleasing oneself. And so you would have to determine what you are capable or you're giving yourself permission to experience as pleasure without anybody else there. You and the Lord, what can you do? Um, and there's a lot of things that we could do. It doesn't necessarily have to be masturbation. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. So that would be an initial question that, that the person would have to decide, uh, married or not, if this is something that they are able to able to enjoy. Um, And then they would also have to decide what does this activity mean for you in this minute, in this moment? Like you mentioned, is is this an opportunity to just take the pressure off? Is this an opportunity just to, you know, for self care? Is it because I'm bored? Is it because I'm trying to help improve my sex life with my husband? Is it because I'm trying to cope? Is it be tr- is it because I'm trying to manage the boundaries I've placed in my in my dating relationship? And so it's it's a lot more nuanced than a black and white thought. At the end of the day, 
again, I think it comes back to how does loving God fit into this decision? How does loving myself fit into this decision? Yeah, I do believe in what you're saying. And again, my my thoughts are like running all over the place right now. Yeah. But yeah, because I think about anytime we think about masturbation, it is linked to to pornography, right? Because you have something that's stimulating your thoughts or even the toxicity. And some people may disagree of even putting the word toxicity with masturbation, but the toxicity of like the addiction to constantly please or pleasure oneself, right? And that's why I mentioned the element that there are those that do it from a place of loneliness and void. And that's like their fix. And then this... And it's funny, you will have sex therapists and doctors that will not shun masturbation, but will tell you that there is a level of harm outside of pornography in the sense of if you become dependent on it, there are women that now when they're entering a sexual experience with a partner or even their husband, Mm -hmm. they're comparing their husband to this toy and this material that they have used where the, the, the actual physical body no longer suffice. So you make a lot of valid points in the sense of like, where does it stem from? Where's the foundation of what you're doing? Is it really coming from a place of self care, self awareness, education, you know, compared to a dependency. And that's what I mean by Toxic toxicity. What what is the motive? Also, like you said, being constant with your prayer and communication with God, where the Spirit will lead you and tell you, no, this is not necessary. Or in that sense, like you said, maybe this moment is not as sinful as I've been taught to think it would be. Right. So again, my mind is is still going back and forth in that, but I, I definitely understand everything that you're saying. And I, I even think about the idea of do you talk about the element of prayer in the bedroom? Because I think it's a sexy, beautiful thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every time I have sex with my husband, we got to get down and kneel down (laughs) and start praying before the act. But I think there's a beauty in wanting to set the atmosphere and say that, God, you have blessed us with this gift. Mm -hmm. So you are welcome here. But I think because we still see sex as dirty, God can't possibly be involved. And I'm like, Come on. Like, it's so funny how many things that we have conjured up in our mind based on belief systems and teachings that is just like God is there, whether you believe he's there or not. Right. Or you want him to be there or not. I've heard of men, men of God say that they've actually enjoyed incorporating prayer into the bedroom. And one guy described it as not like while they're doing it, they stop and pray. But if he sees like the mood is starting to rise he'll take a moment um as you know the wife maybe gets ready and he just says you know what lord like just thank you for this wife thank you for this moment and as you know i'm about to enjoy her just constantly put in my mind that even in sex let me glorify you and i was like whoa you, you don't usually hear husbands or men say that, right? And he mentioned that when he told some of his guy friends from church, they clowned him. They clowned him. They were like, come on, man, you're going to be in prayer. Like, you're going to mess up the mood. And then he was like, no, like, for me, it magnified what I even wanted to do to her because I felt like she's a gift from God. So, so 
Yeah, it's beautiful. So what what are your thoughts? Do you even speak about that of like incorporating prayer? Just like when you're single and you talk about your sex life with God, I don't think it needs to stop when you get married. Mm. There's that cognitive dissonance again. Why is it okay for me to like, God, help me help me not have sex with this guy or help me not be tempted. Now I'm married. Why, why, why not include God in the conversation now that you have somebody to have sex with? Sexuality and spirituality are, are intricately linked. You can't mm-hmm. have one without the other. Um, it's very, it's deeply spiritual, especially with somebody that you are in covenant with. Mm-hmm. And so bringing God into the marriage bed is a, a thousand percent. Okay. I think it's a, it's an act. It could be an act of worship. And I think the reason why people clown it and why people are so hesitant to do it is because of how sex has been taught, how sex has been portrayed in society. If anybody's clowning and anybody has any difficulty with that, it's because sex is still put in that dirty camp, that Mm -hmm. weird camp, that sinful camp. And if it's put in that camp, then I understand why you'd be uncomfortable with it. It is absolutely a beautiful, amazing experience. I'm sure many couples have when they are aware of God bringing them together and all that goes into that. So absolutely, Mm -hmm. I think there's there needs to be more of a uniting God with our sexuality and an awareness of God and our sexuality because I think it helps us make healthier decisions. It also just kind of reminds us that sex is from God. It is a gift. Sex is normal. It's healthy. Um, and it's not something that we need to be afraid of or ashamed of. Do you only speak to women or do you speak to men as well in your movement? Uh, just women right now. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have not feel I have not felt the release to talk to men. Men do come and talk to me. Doing any like official conversations with men um, or any type of like coaching or mentoring. Okay. Um, no, just women right now. So what does the single woman do as she wait? Because the wait is a struggle, you know, even for myself, like I was mentioning. So like you said, you don't want to give do's and don'ts, but like, what is the mantra or the mindset? And you've mentioned some earlier, but what is the mindset or or what are some of the some of the positive affirmations that we can continue to do in this waiting waiting season, you know, because I think that's another thing we shouldn't feel ashamed of is the desiring to want to have sex, the desiring to want to be with someone. There's a difference between letting that overtake your daily thought and actions, but to feel like, no, I'm okay and I'm waiting and I'm okay in my singleness. If that's you, that's cool. But don't shame another woman that says, no, I really desire to be married and I feel like it's taking too long, right? Mm -hmm. So what are some of the positive affirmations or what do you tell yourself or even women that are saying that the weight is a struggle, especially when it comes to sex? Yeah, some of my affirmations is that sexual desire is natural and healthy. My sexual desire is natural and it is healthy. It is a gift from God. My body is meant to be celebrated, adored, and appreciated. Pleasure and sensuality is a good thing um, and should be embraced in as many healthy ways as possible. You know, exploring what pleasure means for you. For a single woman, it could be like I so I think dancing is a great example because sometimes we could be moving, but we're not aware of how our body is moving. We're not feeling it. We're not we're not paying attention to how the movements feel in our body, you know, moving your waist and just kind of really being aware, living in our bodies, I think is probably the biggest thing that a woman, a single woman could do. The greatest gift that she could give to herself is to really live in her body and feel Mm -hmm. and be aware. You know, you're taking a shower and you're, you're bathing, like paying attention to how it feels because that is going to transfer into how you enjoy sex later on. 
If you right. can't enjoy how your body feels and moves and looks as a single woman, you're well on your way to enjoying your sexuality. Now, in terms of managing the horniness and the desire for intimacy, you know, that is a that is a day by day thing. I'm not, I'm not going to come in here this podcast and say that there is an easy way to manage that. I think the first thing is to really just live from a place of understanding that intimacy is not a sin, connection is not a sin, and live from a place of abundance and not scarcity. So maybe expanding what intimacy and connection and relationship and love looks like in this moment of waiting. It's also important to explore healthy relationships with men. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's not be in our prayer closets and then expect that we're going to be able to navigate how to talk to a man, how to flirt with a man, how to talk about sex with a man. These are skills that single Christian women need to develop in their singleness, understanding what it is that they want, uh, being able to articulate your boundaries and advocate mm-hmm. for your boundary boundaries, because you're going to need to do that in your marriage as well. Being able to say no and heck yes, I want this. Yes, this feels good. No, it doesn't. Like these are things that we can cultivate in healthy relationships with our partners, with men, with other people in general. Those are some of the things that I've been working on as in my season. And I think also giving giving yourself grace, a lot of grace, divorcing this idea of virginity being synonymous with purity. I think kind of just releasing ourselves from that, that you're not less worthy or less valuable because you kissed a guy or you made out with a guy that your value is not does not come from that your value is rooted in you being a child of god and moving from that space Mm -hmm. understanding that grace is available in our relationships and great you know relationships are not a clear shot it's not perfect they're messy mistakes will be made and that is okay yeah Um, and giving yourself that grace and that compassion to kind of work through the kinks of managing and expressing our sexuality in healthy ways and understanding that it's going to be a bumpy road like it's not going to be easy i love what you um mentioned with the mindset of abundance and not scarcity because in the moment of singleness we hear all the time right prepare for your marriage prepare for your husband but we rarely say how do you prepare even in the in the element of desire and intimacy and sexuality and i think we've mentioned it all like how do i even prepare my mind first of all to receive what i'm asking for because a lot of times in our moment of loneliness we're like i want this i want that but mentally and emotionally you're not even ready to even dive into that space so like we said educate yourself be comfortable in your own body i love that you said that that you said when you dance let it flow be free to be like do i like to move my hips this way and my leg and and that is so vital because it makes you so comfortable in your own skin that again if you you're with a partner that understands communication and awareness as well then you'll feel that comfort to do the same things that you did when you were dancing. And as I'm saying that right now, I'm I'm reiterating communication, sexual awareness in a partner. You're doing all this work. Ask those questions, like you said, right? If you're comfortable with your guy friends and your male friends to talk about certain things without crossing certain boundaries, I get it. But now the person that you're dating, you're able to have healthy sexual conversations. Because for me, 
I need to understand your sexual personality. For me, I need to understand your sexual awareness and your communication style. We were talking about it in another episode about female sexual awareness, and we were talking about bruising the male's ego in a bedroom. And one of the women mentioned, observe a man, how he deals with pride in other areas. Because depending how he deals with pride in other areas and how he shows up with his ego, that will tell you if he does that on a regular or that shows up in other areas, it's most definitely going to show up in the bedroom, you know? So uh, observing how we even interact with the people that we're dating. And I thought that was very vital. So uh, to wrap things up, you said something on your page that I saw where you said for your, your movement, love God, love sex. There is a responsibility that comes with embracing sexual freedom. What is that responsibility? You then have a responsibility to manage it, to supervise it, express it in ways mm-hmm. that honor God, honor yourself and honor others. With freedom comes responsibility. I mm-hmm. have my own apartment, but with the freedom that comes with having my own space, still there's responsibilities that come with it. Mm-hmm. I have a responsibility to pay the rent, yes, <laughs> to keep the lights on and to mm-hmm. you know, manage all these things. God has given us a body. We have the freedom to live in this body and to just enjoy it. But with that comes responsibility to manage our feelings, manage our health, that God has entrusted us with that. We don't get to say that just because I'm free to do it doesn't mean that I have to do it Mm. or I can do it. Just because I'm free to have sex doesn't mean that I have to have sex with this person. I'm really big on that, that our sexual decisions need to be responsible ones. That's what God would want. That's what God desires of us. He doesn't want us to repress our sexuality. He doesn't want us to ignore it. doesn't want it to act like it doesn't exist. But he does, God does want us to be responsible human beings. He wants us to be, he wants us to be ethical. And I think sometimes people are afraid of responsibility. And mm-hmm. that's why they just make all these, these rules and say, do this, do this, do this. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Because they're afraid to give people freedom to make wise decisions. And I'm saying as grown women, let's start exercising our freedom to discern, to be responsible and to learn how to love God when it comes to our sexuality. It's okay to make, you know, it's all right. Be led by the spirit, live your life, live a life of abundance. And I believe that God, God will, God will carry us through. Everyone, you can definitely, I'm going to have it in the show notes, uh, Pastor Kim's website, as well as her social media handles. But when I was looking at your website, I saw that you offered so many resources. You have the Stop the Shame Challenge. You have the Love God, Love Sex Experience. You have a free book, which is called The Five Major Mistakes Women of Faith Make When Using the Bible to Study About Sex and How to Avoid Them. So most definitely, you you can touch base on, how about we touch base on the Stop the Shame Challenge? Like, what does that look like? We just finished that up. It was a three-day challenge for women that are interested in learning about some strategies and resources to overcome religious sexual shame. And it was powerful. We had a great time. I'm hoping to do one of those again soon. Go to my Instagram and just make sure that they're locked in and turn on the notifications. They'll find out when the next one is coming. But it was powerful to see how the women just really dug deep what it means for them to move through the sexual shame that they've been carrying as a result of being a church girl, as a result of being raised in the church and just kind of unpacking that sexual shame that they've been carrying and then what are the strategies they need to utilize to overcome that on an ongoing basis? That is great. So listeners, again, uh, her social media handles and website will be in the show notes in the description. So please go check it out. These 
just based on our conversation, I think we're just touching on the surface because with Pastor Kim, she does, you know, like she was saying, there's challenges, there's seminars, there's different conversations she has. So definitely go check out her page and check out these resources, specifically even that free. It's free. Go and get the book, which talks about the five major mistakes women of faith make when using the Bible to study about sex. Go out and support her because for myself, I'm supporting her right now, not only with sharing her, her message, but just following her and following her movement because this is needed within our community. And I believe not only people within the church um, sector will benefit from this, but from for women regardless, you know, will definitely benefit for this. So thank you for tuning in. Pastor Kim, is there any last minute things that you would like to share? I'm just grateful for this opportunity to share. And I pray that something that was said would will help women on their journey to embrace who they are in Christ and find the freedom to embrace their sexuality. You know, your sexuality is a part of who you are. It's a part of your identity. And so I would just, you know, implore the woman of God to really lean into that. Like what makes you, you, what makes you alive, what turns you on. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, into all of that. It's going to make life so much more well-lived and more abundant. When the time comes for you to be with your spouse, you're going to just be like, like this ball of fire that's just <laughs> about all things life and they get to add to the turned on life that you're already living in Christ yes. uh, by God's grace. And so I'm excited to just be able to be working in this space of dismantling sexual injustice and overcoming religious sexual shame. And I count it a privilege to be, in, to be here with you all today and I hope that you'll be able to continue just to grow in your decisions around your sexuality. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode on She Discovered Podcast. Be sure to tune into the next episode because all of season four, we are talking about sexuality and I know y'all love that. So <laughs> tune in next time. Thank you for listening into this week's episode. I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. And most importantly, head over to at She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.